Hi, welcome to Reasoned, the podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Meditz. Today we're going to discuss stat stacking, or how you can figure out your own superpower. So, before we can discuss stat stacking, you'll need a solid understanding of what stats even are. Okay, it's no secret. I love games, especially role-playing games. When playing these games, you level up in experience, and you're given points to spend in various stats. Stats are special skills and abilities that your character has, and it will change how your character engages with the world around it. Stat stacking refers to when players load points into a particular stat in order to reap the benefits of mastering higher level skills. If you can't tell, this episode is going to contain lots of geeky references. So what does this mean in the real world? I believe that you should focus on the skills and abilities that you do well and that they will fill in the blanks of where your weaknesses exist. So where do we start? First, you're going to need to identify your strengths. Are you a warrior or a wizard? An artist or an analytical? An influencer or a team player? Let's figure that out. Here are some tips and tools to help you find your strengths. Ask yourself the following questions. What do I love about my work? You may not love your job, but are there parts of your career that you enjoy? Where do I lose track of time? Answers to this question can come from any area of your life. For example, your hobbies, work, family, etc. Where have you been successful? Or where have you been rewarded? Where was the work easy? What words do other people use to describe you? Are you unsure? Ask them. Do I prefer to tank a giant monster, make some bandages, or maybe just toss a polymorph? (laughs) All joking aside, one of my favorite tools in identifying strengths is to take Gallup's Clifton Strengths Assessment, otherwise known as StrengthsFinder. This assessment will provide you with a list of your top strengths. I do, however, recommend that you validate that list by talking it over with mentors, friends, family, etc. You're going to take the test and it could show some unconscious bias in how you answer based on the coaching that you've received throughout the years. So it's always best to have conversations about your strengths with people who know you best. It's also helpful to have some time to reflect theoretically. In this example, you would need a partner, a friend, or a trusted colleague. The most crucial feature For this to work is to find someone who is willing to challenge you. Now, complete the following steps. First, share a few of your strengths. Does this person agree? Did they make you aware of any strengths that you were blind to? Next, share a long-term goal. What skills will be needed to achieve it? Do you have the experience to achieve it? Next, imagine your goal is a reality. Do your strengths align to where you see yourself? Are there gaps? 
When you're imagining this future, what appeals to you the most? What are some creative ways to use your strengths where gaps may have presented themselves? Have your partner repeat the findings back to you. This is a crucial step. You're going to learn how your goals, your visions, your strengths are perceived by others. It will allow you to tweak how you talk about them. Finally, accept the quest in front of you. For most of us, this isn't easy. You have to really think about what you want to achieve and then chase it. In the video game, it's pretty simple. It's the guy with the exclamation mark over his head. Ultimately, this activity will help you crystallize how you use the skills that you've identified. And working with a partner will allow you to process and hear gaps. That will allow you to ensure that you can communicate these skills succinctly. There are loads of tools out there to help you determine your strengths. Use what works for you. The most important thing is that you start the quest. Shoring up your strengths. Were you surprised to learn about your strengths? Or did the discovery of your strengths solidify everything that you already knew about yourself? Either way, you now know what you have to work with. Let's first discuss why a healer shouldn't focus many points on weapon wielding, but shouldn't avoid it altogether. In role-playing games, a healer's role is to ensure that others do not die in combat. A healer doesn't have the innate ability to master the art of flinging a sword at enemies. Because of this fact, the healer will have to practice longer and harder to become only moderately good at heaving a heavy sword. On the other hand, if in battle a monster attacks the healer, they will need to have some ability to defend themselves. This means that you can't avoid your weaknesses altogether, unless you don't mind dying, because a level 3 monster decided that you got too close. <laughs> All kidding aside, a practical example of this might be, say, an organizational skill. If this isn't your strong suit, the following kinds of things could occur. The report was incomplete, or you got feedback such as we spent a whole lot of time updating the report, or your work was late because you needed to find all the parts and pieces before turning it in. Employees asked to know information sooner due to miscommunication dates. The NPC won't accept your hundred pelts and doesn't know what quest you're referring to. <laughs> You'll need to find methods that help you shore some of these things up. And with these distractions out of the way, your strengths will shine. Make sure a strength doesn't get in your way. Carol Dweck stated that individuals who believe that their talents can be developed through hard work, good strategies, and input from others have a growth mindset. They tend to achieve more than those that have a fixed mindset, otherwise known as people who believe that their talents are innate gifts. This is because they worry less about looking smart and they put more energy into learning. It's essential to spend time developing these skills into mastery level. Once you have genuinely honed your skills, 
noting that developing your skills at work is one of the best places to get better, you should look for ways to use those skills to improve your happiness at work and potentially parlay that into other roles within the company to advance your career. The Harvard Business Review provided a great example of using strengths to your advantage. Robert began scheduling a meeting with system designers and engineers who told him that they were having trouble getting timely information flowing between their group and Robert's maintenance team. If communication improved, Robert believed new products would not continue to be saddled with the serious and costly maintenance issues that they've been seeing. Armed with a carefully documented history of those maintenance problems, as well as a new understanding of his naturally analytical and creative team-building skills, Robert began meeting regularly with the designers and engineers to brainstorm better ways to prevent problems with new products. The meeting satisfied two of Robert's deepest self-needs. He was interacting with more people at work, and he was actively learning about systems of design and engineering. Robert's efforts did not go unnoticed. Key executives remarked on his innovation and his ability to collaborate across functions. As well as the critical role that he played in making new products more reliable. They also saw how he gave credit to others. In less than nine months, Robert's work had paid off. He was promoted to program manager. In addition to receiving more pay and higher visibility, Robert enjoyed his work so much more. His passion was reignited. He felt intensely alive and authentic. Whenever he felt down or lacking in energy, he reread the original email feedback that he had received. In difficult situations, the email messages made him feel more resilient. This is a great example of strengths working to your advantage. Now, let's reimagine that Robert instead took one of the following paths. Imagine he sat idly by until someone noticed his skills and then promoted him. After all, he wasn't going to do more than what was asked of him. I have a feeling Robert might still be waiting. Or perhaps he pushed to make changes too hard instead of being collaborative in an effort to prove that he was the one that had all the good ideas. You see, strengths can also become weaknesses. Attention to detail, for instance, can lead to micromanagement, or it might cause you to get hung up on the details, even when it's not necessary. Ensure that you are being mindful and gather feedback regularly. Otherwise, you might find yourself as a wizard that just can't help itself from standing in the fire. Reshape your group. Every person comes with strengths and weaknesses. Naturally, this means that there are areas where you are deficient and are balanced out by people who have that matching area as a strength. This is the core of building diverse and inclusive teams. In fact, role-playing games, there's such a thing known as the Holy Trinity. The three roles that make up the Trinity are the tank, the healer, and the damage dealer. Let's talk about the roles a bit further. The tank excels at taking and keeping the focus of the monster during battle, but generally doesn't do much damage and can't heal. 
The healer's primary mission is to ensure that everyone survives, but doesn't do a lot of damage and can quickly die. The damage dealer generally does the bulk of the killing and can't hold the attention of a monster without dying very quickly because he doesn't have a lot of protection. These roles complement each other and support one another. Could the task be accomplished alone? Sure, if you've got overpowered skills. But in general, the fight is more enjoyable when the cooperation and roles are complemented accordingly. Now, imagine if the damage dealer decided to be a tank. The healer would struggle to keep him alive, and the tank would struggle to kill the monster in time. What if the team lacked a healer? I foresee a resurrection countdown in your future. It'd be best if you had balance, so seek it. Look at your own teams. You likely have people that brunt the organizational work, others who are the cultural champions, and some that are your overproducers. It takes all kinds to make a highly productive team. In conclusion, I invite you to become overpowered by design. I'm giving you complete permission to craft your skills into tools that others may consider to be overpowered and want to remind you that you'll need to be careful of the pitfalls that come along with power. Your skills could bring out poor behavior, so be sure you're asking for feedback. Your legendary quest rewards are right around the corner. Get your group together and start questing your way to stronger strengths and stronger teams. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Sabrina Meditz, and this is Reasoned, the podcast.